0: It's Thursday, February 29th. Today's WBFO brief was reported at around 8.30 in the morning. This
1: is WBFO News. A local environmental justice group will be in court today as they continue to press for the cleanup of a concrete crushing site in Buffalo's Seneca-Babcock neighborhood. The Clean Air Coalition says it will attend a contempt hearing today, calling for action against the owner of the site, Peter Battaglia as part of a settlement with the state attorney general's office. Battaglia agreed to clean the site. According to the Clean Air Coalition, Battaglia has, quote, failed to take any action and was levied a $1 million fine and charged with contempt in March of 2023, but has since been granted a series of postponements. A number of status conferences and hearing continuations have been postponed as well. Some Amherst residents may experience sticker shock as they receive property assessment notices in the coming days. According to town assessor Emily Murphy, the notices will feature property assessments to 100% of full market value. The notices arrive in the aftermath of an uproar from residents over an increase in the town's tax levy, with some saying the move was conducted with a lack of transparency. Murphy told WGRZ that the new assessments about... With the new assessments, rather, about one-third of property owners will see tax increases. And family members and community members will rally today in Buffalo's Perkins Park, where the victim in a wrongful death lawsuit was killed in July. 18-year-old Columbus Brooks was shot while playing basketball at the park on July 5th and was declared dead later at ECMC. According to a release, the lawsuit highlights what is described as the lack of appropriate medical response in the case. A Grand Island man is accused of running a shop that illegally sells marijuana as New York State increases its crackdown on the practice. Erie County Sheriff John Garcia reports 23-year-old Thomas Muscarell faces the felony charge of criminal possession of cannabis in the second degree after search warrants were executed at two Grand Island locations, the Island Smoke Shop, and Island Smoke Shop 2, both located on Grand Island Boulevard. The sheriff says large amounts of cash and cannabis were recovered during the search. Meanwhile, Governor Kathy Hochul is continuing to assail the illegal sales of cannabis throughout New York State. During a Wednesday press conference, Hochul highlighted the proposal in her executive budget that will expand the powers of the State Office of Cannabis Management to shut down illegal cannabis shops. The proposal would also authorize local governments to act to shut down unlicensed dispensaries. The governor also called on tech companies to stop illegal cannabis retailers from advertising on their platforms. The approaching solar eclipse and how to prepare for it will be at the center of a workshop this morning at the Buffalo Convention Center. The free eclipse emergency preparedness workshop is set for local hospitality partners such as hotels and restaurants, and will provide information on emergency services, law enforcement, and accommodating large crowds and public spaces, among other topics. Those slated to address are Erie County Executive Mark Polincars, Patrick Kaler, President and CEO of Visit Buffalo Niagara, and longtime local meteorologist Don Paul.
2: The WBFO Brief Podcast is made possible by Canisius University. Join Canisius on Saturday, March 2nd for a Discovery Day event to learn how your high school student can prepare for college now. Register
1: today at canisius.edu slash visit. Buffalo-based business Lactalis USA is among a group of food producers working to decrease methane emissions from dairy production. But as WBFO's Alex Simone reports, the practicality of those efforts is up to debate.
2: Lactalis USA isn't waiting to implement changes. Senior Director of Sustainability and Government Affairs Britt Lundgren says the Buffalo-based company already is trying emission-reductive options like alternative feed methods and means of capturing methane. And means of capturing the methane.
3: We're looking for feed ingredients that can help really reduce those methane emissions but don't otherwise have a negative impact on the cow's health. Some of the farms that supply the lactalis plant in Buffalo are going to participate in a trial this year where they feed the cows something called tradelin, which is basically just a flaxseed that's been heat treated.
2: The full action plans from each of the six companies working with EDF won't be released until next year. And Lactalis doesn't have complete numbers for methane pollution yet. But subsidiary brand Stonyfield Organic generated an estimated carbon footprint of nearly 280,000 metric tons of CO2 emission in 2021, including nearly 80,000 metric tons from methane. One of Stonyfield's major efforts is supporting seaweed-based feed research. According to Lactalis, the experimental option could reduce Stonyfield's total emissions by about 13 percent, if successful. East Aurora farmer Brian Strzelik believes many of the efforts are trying to initiate change the wrong way. Strazelik operates a small farm of about 20 head of cattle, but has experience with farms that house thousands. He says having that much livestock makes it difficult to implement changes that have a positive environmental impact.
1: I think we, we're, it's like a, we're the Titanic heading for an iceberg. It's really hard to turn that thing around, it, and our food system is really hard to change on a dime. Trying to figure out ways to offset the environmental damage or all those things, is seems so much easier than trying to change the system as a whole. And so... You know, we are, are an answer to some of that, but we're not the solution because of the po- food policy and ag pro-
2: policy um, in this country. Strzelik cites pasture-based feed methods as being a more positive option, which is in line with methods being used at some Lactalis-partnered farms. EDF's Senior Director of Business Food and Forests, Katie Anderson,
3: each one has a different business model. Each one has different geographic reach. Um, each one has a different way of communicating to consumers. So this isn't about um, making everybody look exactly the same. It's about, again, getting aligned on what it, what it means to, to act on methane and what we need to be seeing in that specific area.
2: Says it's important to keep efforts adaptable depending on each farm's capabilities. She says liquid waste reduces concerns with runoff and groundwater, but solid storage has less actual emissions. Using a methane digester to capture gas and convert it to heat or electricity for the farm, or using a solid separator, are options. But Lundgren says those aren't always feasible. The goal for lactalis is net zero emissions by 2050. University at Buffalo Department of Chemical and Biological Engineering Chair Mark Swihart says the technological requirements already exist.
3: Even the most sophisticated of sort of those manure management treatment technologies, I don't think they require any new you know, science or engineering. And, and, you know, maybe not every piece can be bought off the shelf, but you could have somebody build it.
2: From East Aurora, I'm Alex Simone,
1: WBFO News. The New York State Legislature Wednesday finalized new congressional lines for the 2024 races, clearing the way for petitioning for the June primaries. WBFO Albany correspondent Karen DeWitt filed this report prior to the governor last night signing that legislation.
3: With little debate, the lines drawn by Democrats who lead both the Senate and Assembly were approved, with a handful of Republican minority party lawmakers also voting yes. Announce the results. Ayes 115, noes 33. The bill is passed. The vote comes two days after Democrats rejected district lines recommended by a bipartisan redistricting commission. Republicans accuse Democrats of ignoring the state's constitution. It requires the commission, known as the Independent Redistricting Commission, or IRC, to draw the maps. But Democratic Assembly Speaker Carl Hasty says the constitution also allows lawmakers to alter the maps if they believe they need to.
0: I think that sometimes
2: even the media forgets that the legislature still has a role. We don't have to just pass whatever the IRC passed doesn't mean that whatever the IRC passed means it's, a, it's perfect and would not have been open to a lawsuit on its own. And so I would hope that people forget that the Constitution does leave it with the legislature to make the final say on lines.
3: The revised lines are marginally more favorable to some democratic incumbents and could present a slightly tougher challenge to some republican congress members who are seeking re-election. Governor Kathy Hochul, who issued a message of necessity to accelerate the voting, says she intends to expedite her review of the maps before deciding whether to sign the legislation, but she says she won't be drawn into the political arguments surrounding the lines. But is with every bill I look at it when it's completed, I make my determination, and I'm not going to pass judgment on the process thus far. I've heard from a lot of people that it is an improvement from the point of view of one party and others. Uh, I'm not here to weigh in on on the political dynamic involved here. I've said I will not. Legal challenges to the new congressional district lines were anticipated, but so far no Republicans have said they intend to file a lawsuit. In Albany, I'm Karen DeWitt for the New York Public News Network. Black History Month
1: serves as a great vehicle to trace back, to understand where society is today, and to honor those whose sagas could feature struggle, survival, and success. Pairing comedy and black history, it was agreed, would provide a worthwhile discussion. My name is Dallas Taylor. Hello, Jay. Hello, Dallas. What can you tell us about yourself, Dallas?
0: I am uh, a actor. I've recently given myself the label of actor. Avoiding it for a while, but I'm an actor, comedian, coach, and I try to be out in the community trying to help the youth.
1: And beyond that, he also handles all things digital at Buffalo Toronto Public Media. Stretching from Dave Chappelle and Wanda Sykes to Red Fox and Flip Wilson, Dallas Taylor's passion for the genre spans many decades. His personal journey into the art form, however, found its origins from the days when he was occasionally teased as Urkel. I had a cousin of mine who was a lot
0: bigger and got picked on a lot, got bullied a lot, you know, being skinny and, um, and it was frustrating because can't fight back. But my godmom, she gave me this joke book. One day I was getting picked on a lot. I remembered a joke that I had in there and just pulled it out. And it was one time I saw your mama walking down the street, kicking a can. I asked her what she was doing. She said she was moving and he got upset
1: and he got frustrated he started to cry a little bit and it it flipped the tables a student of comedy was born and to help with this story we reached out to another student of the genre
4: comedy has always been a tool of progress it's been a tool of speaking truth to power and it's been at the root of every seismic social social change in our history including the civil rights movement
1: journey Gunderson executive director of the national comedy center in Jamestown where the work of many black comedians is featured and the lessons offered highlight how representation or the lack of it is no laughing matter
4: you know we're a museum that reflects on an art form and a history and we can't deny that our history whether it be comedy or entertainment or the world at large was brought with institutionalized racism and so what we do is try to be intentional and conscious about the stories we can elevate in our exhibits. And
1: now, So Dallas Taylor and I made our first trips to the National Comedy Center in Jamestown. Its interactive design provides easy access, with the sounds and sights of comic legends coming at you at high speeds, making our two-hour visit fly by. Often overlooked are the expanding archives at the Comedy Center, and as journey gunderson points out the archives from the sketch comedy show in living color hold significant lessons
4: From director and producer uh, tamara Rowitt that the network notes from of course largely white uh network executives were often uncomfortable with the authentic themes that the black artists and comedians were writing into the sketches and we all know the best comedy is authentic and based on authentic experience and point of view And so it's interesting that you can see in the censorship papers we have here at the National Comedy Center that there was institutional racism just in the network notes from censors.
2: First, we'll kick things off with some outstanding comedy based on your sense of humor.
0: To do that, let's. I find that very inspiring to be able to be up in front of an audience and being vulnerable, just being. Trying to be funny in general is being very vulnerable, but to be up there and just
1: tell your truth, that's inspiring to me. Reflecting on the visit to the National Comedy Center, it's hard to think of a comedian who is not presented, but Richard Pryor's story may be the most instructive. As Journey Gunderson points out, Pryor grew up in Peoria in a brothel.
4: That was his authentic experience, but when he brought it into his material and he was selling out enormous venues full of largely white audiences, You know, certainly diverse audiences. That was the first glimpse many people had, the first window into an upbringing like that. And I think it's healthy when a comedian can deftly manage to make humorous something that's actually quite painful, but in the process make everyone comfortable enough to face it and deal with it. and talk
3: about
1: it. You find more on Pryor in the Comedy Center's Blue Room. Because of the language often heard, it's adults only. A special exhibit examines Pryor, including how a life-changing trip led him to stop using the N-word in his routine.
4: Everybody should go to Africa, especially black people. One thing I got out of it, I was leaving,
2: and a voice said to me, said, look around, do you
1: see any...
3: And I say no and I say you know why Because
1: cost Journey Gunderson says the National Comedy Center isn't just there to entertain, but also to facilitate the conversation. Based on our brief enjoyable visit, it most certainly accomplished that goal.
0: So I laughed at a lot of it, but a lot of it made me think about my own personal stylings like all right I see I see the Seinfeld I see. You know the observational comedy i see the the physical comedy the the jim carrey um and then just going back to the the black comics seeing the Chappelles where it's more of a story or you're seeing a chris rock where it almost feels like it's sermon um so just seeing those different styles and see which one kind of fits me but also staying authentic
1: to myself Dallas Taylor, thanks for sharing your, your this journey with me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on. Journey Gunderson, you, uh, I so much appreciate your time, and uh, thank you very much for joining us, as always.
4: Thank you for having me.
1: Don't forget to like or subscribe so you can help others find this
2: podcast. And if you love it, leave a review, too. The WBFO Brief Podcast and the award-winning journalism of WBFO's news team are made possible by our members.
1: Thank you for listening.